Hello everyone, we are thankful to God for this opportunity, for this technology, and to speak from grace, what we have received by grace, and to lay the foundation of an authentic leadership. The world is crying out for spirit-led leadership to restore people's lives. To be very clear, not every leader has leadership quality and skills. Many of those placed in leadership positions lack leadership and therefore cannot lead others and cannot function as their position demands. That is why we are delving deeper in this journey to understand the meaning of true leadership and be transformed from within to emerge as a spirit-led leader. This lesson expands on what we discussed previously. The concepts that we have addressed can be better understood if we stay focused on what we are teaching Keep in mind that this is a school. We go to school to learn and be taught. Open your hearts so that God's message can penetrate your very being. Scriptures say, apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. If we speak words of wisdom that we have received in the Spirit, We can heal others just as we were healed. All those willing to listen can grow spiritually, be transformed from within, and understand that these are words of life. Remember that the first lessons lay the foundation to understanding spiritual leadership. Keep in mind the image of a lamp. The scripture says that the spirit of man is the Lord's lamp. And why is this important to us as leaders? We think our lamps must be lit so that God can use us for His purpose and illuminate the way for others. An unlit lamp simply cannot illuminate anything. A broken bulb in our homes must be replaced in order to give us light. If we as leaders do not maintain the lamp within us, we will get replaced. So it's very important that we maintain and care for the lamp within you. In the previous session, we said that the starting point is to ignite our spirit. Otherwise, it is impossible to exercise a godly leadership. Now, let us move into the body of the subject and pay attention to what God says about leadership. What should we keep in mind from the previous session? Clearly, there is a leadership of the world that creates self-centered men and women, elevates man's self-importance, seeks his goals by only his own effort, detaches man from God, and develops an egocentric behavior. In the world, as well as in churches, this kind of leadership permeates our thinking as it is self-centered and it will always lead us to error. Worldly ideas of leadership have influenced church leaders and have failed. Just look around us to realize that people are not solving their own problems. All the worldly needs of men boil down to the fact that they try to satisfy spiritual hunger with worldly material pursuits, which means a new type of leadership is required. Spiritual leadership has nothing to do with growing the church with human wisdom programs, and ministries. The primary need of every man is a spiritual-led life, and all other needs, including the physical, follow that. But 
What is the big difference between spiritual leadership and traditional leadership? Clearly, there are many concepts that we can glean from traditional leadership programs. But for spiritual needs, which is primary, one must have spirit-led leadership. So at the end of the day, those traditional leadership programs are not going to meet the spiritual needs, which are the root of all needs. Be assured that over time, leadership and the governance of the spirit will change the world far more than any pandemic or political trends or theologies. Recall from the previous sessions that we are three-part beings created by our God. The inner part is the spirit, then a second dimension that is the soul, and finally the body where spirit and soul dwell. At a time when chaos seems to reign on earth, men seek comfort from their leaders. But the leaders we see globally will not bring solutions that people need. So let's get ready. Let's be willing to be taught these spiritual principles so that we can be transformed and minister to a world that is crying out for these spirit-led solutions. Okay, getting into our lesson, what was the most important consequence for men after turning away from God? The consequence was that man experienced spiritual death after his mind and conscience became corrupted. We now see things differently because we understand that all people come into this world with a corrupted mind and conscience. Man experienced spiritual detachment from his creator when he was inevitably corrupted because of his disobedience. This is the fallen nature we have inherited to this very day. The fall that corrupted the mind and conscience of human beings caused man to begin to think wrongly with his mind and judge wrongly with his conscience. Most people judge but by what they see and what they hear. If they see a poorly dressed person, they create a spiritually invalid stereotype of that person. And then, if they see a well-dressed person, they assume that person is to be admired without further evidence. It is simply a natural judgment guided by worldly values that stem from a corrupted mind and conscience. Then, how do we fix this shallow worldly thinking? There must be a transformation for men to reacquire the spirit-led mind and conscience that God originally gave to him. Because our natural inheritance of corruption leads to faulty judgment. It takes a spiritual process to restore the original divine relationship between man and God. Man is in spiritual disorder because he cannot depend on his corrupted mind and conscience to make righteous judgments. Why do even people who have stable jobs, little or no debt, uh, and a harmonious life that seems to be totally under control, experience so much anxiety, fear, and dread about the future? This is the inheritance of the fallen man who has detached himself from God. So, 
It is clear this is a truth that we must deal with now and we will understand how it must be solved. Following man's disobedience, three consequences took place. Imagine a child who lives at home under his parents' care, under their protection and supported by their livelihood. But if he leaves home and rejects the care, protection and support from the father's livelihood, the father can no longer take care of him, protect him or support him outside of the family. This illustrates man's separation from God and its natural consequences of disorder, disarray and chaos. So, what is the disorder of man? We can say that this disorder is to be spiritually dead. Having an extinguished spirit forces man to use his own will, initiative, and wisdom to meet the challenges of life, thus producing anxiety, uncertainty, and fear. And that is how people spend their lives, pursuing their life goals by themselves, and they are all alone because they have their spirit extinguished. So in order for us to fix this mess, there is something we must clearly understand. We must demolish the mental structures in our all life, including its very foundations. You might have noticed that when cities grow, previous buildings are demolished and new foundations are poured to support newer, stronger, taller buildings. Clearly, the old must be destroyed to make way for the new. And that is exactly what is going to happen in each of your lives if you receive this teaching, believing it, and accepting it as true. Everything you believed under the elements of traditional leadership will begin to wither away as spirit-led leadership begins to emerge. You can derive many useful components from worldly ideas of leadership. However, the foundation of your leadership must be spirit-led and tightly focused to be useful for God's purposes. Now, what do we need to take out of our lives in order for something to happen that impacts our core beliefs and impede us from experiencing a true, authentic, and genuine leadership? We need to take out all that trash we have in our minds we just learned that the mind we inherited from the fallen man when he detached from God is corrupted. Then, if my mind is corrupted and leading me to think wrongly, then I clearly have to start taking that mess out of my life. I need to detect it and extract it. A first component of that trash is this stream of positive thinking. Many people believe that thinking properly will make them emerge as leaders. 
many people have also been teaching that it just takes positive thoughts in order to achieve positive experiences. Clearly, that is part of the deception in which we have all fallen. I read a collection of those books. Some of them come with a series of videos and kits of little cards you can read every day, so you can fill up your mind with positive thoughts. Today, of course, there is a lot of material available online. Uh, can we get some benefit out of that? For sure. You can always rescue good things here and there. It is like recycling your garbage. But it doesn't mean that because I'm going to have some positive thoughts or if I try to get up every morning with intention of thinking positively, that my life is going to change. That is totally false. And then that positive thinking was tied to the New Age movement where they began to promote the law of attraction. They say that if you want to be a true leader, if you want to be an example to others, all you need to do is to maximize the potential of your mind. And if you have those positive thoughts, everything you attract with your mind is going to come true because the mind is creative. So they started selling the law of attraction as the solution to all problems. And since people always want a quick fix, they fell into this trap. And in order to give a more scientific touch, the whole school of neurolinguistic programming was created. People began to get trained and certified in neurolinguistic programming. And that is essentially to train the brain to declare words that are tied to positive thinking and start attracting positive things in our lives. More recently, they have incorporated elements of quantum physics in order to explain how to take the mind to a certain level of vibration through the use of gamma, delta, and beta waves of the brain to align it with cosmic energy so people can improve meditation, sleep, perception. We were invited some time ago to start a workshop on leadership. We were happy because obviously we wanted to share all the principles of spiritual leadership and we said, good, if there is an initiative we can start sharing all these teachings as they are the real solution to people's problems. But after a couple meetings, we learned that they were outlining the workshop under neurolinguistic programming, law of attraction, positive thinking. So we told them that with that approach, we will not be solving anything. There is no real solution for leadership under those concepts. We turn away and, unfortunately, many continue to teach that leadership can be achieved from those ideas, which is not true. What do they want to achieve through these ideas? They want to sell the idea of the power of the mind. There are countless writings that speak that human beings only use 
10 to 15% of their brain capacity. And from there, they elaborate all these need to be able to develop the capacity of the human being and be able to control his life in a more effective way. But what is the basis here? Their starting point is a corrupted mind, a corrupted consciousness. So what good will result from practices that pretend to reach the maximum capacity of my mind when I am building on the wrong foundation? Many leadership gurus say the sky is your limit. So they imply that it is up to me and it is only up to me to succeed in my life. Clearly, we do have an indispensable component in personal success. But it is not from these ideas that I will achieve success. It is rather by understanding my role It is rather by understanding why I was put here on earth and from understanding that identity, I can start defining clear goals and objectives in my life under God's purpose. There are famous speakers who say, there is a giant inside you. And yes, I'm convinced that there is a giant inside us. But that giant isn't us. That giant is clearly our spirit. To the extent that we potentialize the spirit within us, we will be able to be the leaders the world is crying out for, the leaders the world is asking for. But not because I set myself these kind of short-term goals that are going to lead me to error. I shared with you in previous lessons how in these leadership programs they have people walking on fire, forcing them to set self-challenging goals, looking for those so-called inner giants, and ultimately what they do is to create frustration among people. How are leaders dealing with most of their daily life situations? They are trying to realize the full potential of their minds. But that is never going to lead us to success. No matter how many testimonials we suddenly see on Facebook and YouTube, that leads to failure, frustration, and depression. Now, where is all this heading to? Sadly, all these ideas of positive thinking metaphysics, the power of our minds, the idea of materializing our thoughts, all of that was brought to the church. Believers now spend quite a deal of time declaring blessings for their lives. So although it is not presented as a movement of positive thinking or the law of attraction, it is totally rooted in the church as believers fell into that idea of asking God for blessings and having him as a genie who fulfills wishes, having this wrongly labeled as faith. And why do we have the church playing a role here? Because a decree 
from the throne of God himself. Something that came out from the very heart of God is that spiritual leadership must be exercised by the church, not the religious church that we commonly see, not the traditional church, not the church of customs, not the church that follows practices to seek a favor from God. It is the church that comes to be awakened in its spirit, the one that regains the government of the spirit when it returns to the original order of spirit, soul, and body. So the church must be detached, rescued from that leadership from the world that follows the fallen and corrupted mind and consciousness. So when we are talking about the church, we're talking about spiritual men and women who believed God, who reconnected to their creator, who recovered the true government in their lives. And those are the ones who are going to go out and exercise this leadership. God needs spiritual doctors to affect medicine. God needs spiritual lawyers to affect laws. God needs spiritual politicians to affect governments. God needs spiritual military to affect the armed forces. God needs spiritual engineers and managers to affect corporations. We will continue discussing how to take the trash out of our lives in the next lesson.